Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Winchester Radio. Um, it is uh, a season of Supernatural, and tonight we're going to be talking about the second episode uh, titled uh, What's Up, Tiger Mommy? Uh, we have a guest tonight, so we will not be taking uh, guest call-ins. Uh, if you're listening live, thank you very much. If you've uh, found us later and downloading us, we also thank you very much. Uh, you can always get information about our podcast and Supernatural, all the happenings on uh, our site, winchesterrose.com. You can click on the Winchester Radio logo on the side. It will take you right to the Blog Talk Radio uh, site. You can listen to this podcast and uh, all the past ones as well. Uh, you can uh, We're on Facebook and Twitter. You can find all current information up to the minute on Supernatural on our Facebook and Twitter at Winchester Road. You can also um, subscribe and download us, I believe, through iTunes. Um, our special guest tonight is Osric Chow, who plays Kevin Tran, advanced placement. <laughs> so he's left that far behind. <laughs> uh, and uh, and we got to spend some time with his uh, Kevin's mom, which was really cool last night. And welcome, Osric, to the podcast. We're glad. Well, thanks for coming back. And thanks for having me. Great. And I'm sure we've got lots to talk about. My first question is, um, when you were when you were in last season, did you have any idea, any advanced knowledge that you'd be back for eight seasons? I'm like, hmm. Uh, I mean, I had a suspicion. Uh, when I first got the job, I, I thought, I mean, I expected that I was going to die in the third episode. So I was uh, signed on for three episodes, and I thought I was going to die in the last one. So when I didn't, you know, again, there's there's never any guarantee, but, you know, I, I'm like, oh, there's a very good chance that I'll be in the next one. And then I, I think I heard with everyone else when Robert Singer announced that Kevin was going to be a pivotal role in the uh, the next season. So that, you know, that was just a great little thing. And then, and then of course, I heard from the casting director that, you know, I'm back for the first two. And, yeah, it's it's been way more than I ever expected <laughs> Oh, it's been very cool. Yeah, the the arc has been really awesome, and I just read the latest latest script, and I'm personally I'm very happy with the way the, the character's going. So we'll see how it, how, That's cool. how it goes with that. Yeah, <laughs> tell us all about it. <laughs> if, if only, right? No, unfortunately, I, I I can't do that. No spoilers. But uh, and also, I missed like three episodes, right? They don't give me every episode, so I, I I'm really curious as to what happens before. Um, so you know, it'll be you know, I'll be right along with everyone else on the couch watching watching the the show as it airs on Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't expect an answer to that question, but it was a surprise. Ask, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had Jim Michaels on last week and we couldn't get a thing out of him either. Which is so oh no, no, Michael <laughs> Michael's a <okay>. thing. <laughs> yeah. I wanted I wanted to mention that I love the YouTube videos that you made over the summer for Kevin. I thought those oh, were I'm, really, really interesting. 
Uh, I'm glad you liked it. I mean, it, it was honestly, I just got into the habit of of watching the show every week, and you know, that first Friday where of the hiatus, I'm like, oh, this feels kind of weird. There's there's nothing, and then I just started, you know, looking. There was one scene that um, that we shot actually that was never aired. Um, I don't know if I can talk about that either. But anyways, based off of that and the direction that I saw Kevin going, even, you know, whether or not he came back or he didn't come back, you know, I thought it was just something that I would practice and put out there. And, you know, the response has been pretty positive. So I'm I'm happy I did that. I also, I love how they worked in your haircut that you got over the summer. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was a really, really cute way of bringing it in. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely worked out. We had a uh, I first thing I did when I you know I found out I I got the Halo project. You know, okay, the military show. They're definitely gonna have to cut my hair. You know, I approached Jim. Uh, my Jim, uh, I might have to get a haircut. Is that is that gonna be okay? He's like, Osric, we never want to stop any of our actors from working. Um, you know, we'll we'll get your head measured and everything. And so we did that. So, um, so Gina, the, the hairstylist, measured my head, hair samples, and basically they had a, a wig ready for for me to use uh, for season eight. And and I guess it was it was a decision on the day. First day I went in, Robert Robert Singer was directing, and um, he looked at my head, and then he was like, "Okay, put on the wig." He's like, okay, take off the wig, and he looks, and I was like, oh, you know what? Let's let's just add a line in there, and then and, and do it without the wig. And I'm really happy you made that decision. You know, as much as I I missed having the hair, um, it, you know, I think with Kevin's transformation for this season, uh, it definitely works off to have a physical transformation as well. And it, you know, it was just, I mean, I I had mm-hmm. such a great time with. Mark just throwing that line out there like this is so weird. The king of hell gives me a haircut, and I'm sure <laughs> pedicure, but sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and I completely agree that with the life Kevin's living living now, yeah, the shorter hair and everything really suits him better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely doesn't block my vision anymore, so I can see clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and also it's been a whole year since. Yes. Yeah, it has been a whole year. Sam's hair definitely had a whole year grow out, and, you know, a lot can change. (laughs) Hair is really long. You know, it looks really good in person, i got to say. In person, it's like, man, that is a nice set of hair. Uh, I think some scenes it does transfer over. Some scenes, like, okay, now it kind of looks long on on camera, but, yeah, in person it looks really good. I'll I'll say that much. Yeah, we're big fans of his long hair. We call it his rock star hair. Like, the longer the better, yeah. just let it go. Oh, it really is. You see him run, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I I thought you looked very nice in long hair as well. I, if, when I first saw you had gotten hair, I went, oh, I like the long hair. I mean, I like it short, too, but and it makes perfect sense. But it looked very nice long as well. <laughs> I like the versatility of long hair, you know, there's so much you can do with it. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. almost at the point where I could tie it up. I don't know if I would be proud of that, but it was <laughs> almost an option. And, you know, that was the longest I've ever had my hair. And so, it, you know, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of work. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. when we had to finally cut it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is, 
this was two years. Well, no, it was, I think it was a year and a half of growth from bald. Mm-hmm. From completely bald, I just stopped cutting it and got that long. A little wow. bad, but yeah. It was the summer, it was hot, and so it kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought just about last week's episode, the first one we need to talk about, Kevin, I thought it was really cool how Kevin got away from Crowley and the demons. You know, it shows um, just they didn't forget how smart Kevin is and also um, not just not just book smart, but a little street smart to, to pick up a plan and then execute it. You know, he did really well. Yeah, I thought. I mean, when I I was so excited when I read that. Um, I think. I mean, it's it's cool that Kevin is. You know, he's street smart. Well, I, I mean, he definitely took a risk, and it paid off. But you know, at the same mm-hmm. time, I think he doesn't really have that much to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if if Crowley's got him. You know, he doesn't know where his mom is. It's, no, he really has nothing to lose. He has. Crowley already has him in full control, so he's got to try everything, you know, and it's just a matter of, you know, what what can you do in that situation? You know, you lay all the pieces of information out there, and that was the, you know, and, yeah, he had the key to destroy all those demons, so he definitely took a chance, and it it paid off. Mm -hmm. And I loved how he sent Crowley to a field of goats. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, that. that shot was so funny. So Mark had no idea. It's like, okay, they put me in a field of goats. They put a bunch of, you know, little corn feed in my pockets. They just let, them, let the goats go at them. So funny. <laughs> can you tell? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. I was in my phone cut out, and then when I smiled back in, nobody said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> You are here. We can hear you. I was wondering if, um, like, the the progression of Kevin's character, like, what did he do to prepare for that since he is, he went from the the kid that's running away last season to now he's the the man who's standing his ground. What did you do to prepare for that? Oh, sorry, can you repeat that? You are a little bit quieter on this side. Okay, is that better? I can... I can repeat the question for you. Can you hear me, Osric? Yes, I can hear you just fine. Okay, Vinny? Hello? I'm not okay. sure if you can hear me. Well, Vinny? Okay, Vinny. Someone say it. Go ahead, Nikki, because I'm not sure. My phone's acting really funny. Go ahead. Vinny, I heard that. Vinny's, Vinny's question was... What did you do to prepare from being the boy last year who had to who ran away to this year being the man who stands his ground? Ah, oh, um, honestly, I I definitely relate more to. Actually, I'm actually no, no, I sorry, I can't say that. I can't say I relate more to that. Um, in preparation, I mean, you read the script, and this is the way I've kind of envisioned. It happening already. So in in a sense, I've been preparing for it throughout the whole hiatus. I'm like, okay, if Kevin comes back, this is how it it should be. And um, and I think it, you know, with those videos I made on YouTube, I think it kind of it worked itself that way too. So mentally, I was already kind of prepared for it. And 
yeah, honestly, when I read the script, I was I was so happy with <laughs> with what they came up with, and so I this one I read a few times, and I just played it out a few times in my head, and and uh, yeah, it's, I think it, this is this is more of I was hoping it would happen, and so I just I put myself in that mindset already, and you know when we started shooting, I was you know I was ready to go. Kind of along the same grounds, my question was, what is it, you know, how how do you feel like being the the hero, basically, currently? You're the only one who knows how to find the information on how to close the gates of hell forever. I mean, that's, you know, that's major. You know, how does that feel being, like, the hero of the show currently? <laughs> that, okay, that's another thing I didn't expect. But, I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of responsibility um for Kevin and you know I think it's it's definitely something that he's kind of grown up used to you know he's he's used to being responsible for his grades for you know making his practices setting his schedule and you know it is something he's used to obviously this is way more than he could have ever imagined um and now that he's put in this position where essentially the I mean almost the fate of the world is is in his hands you know he he can't he can't ignore that, right? So I think, you know, for Kevin, you know, he sees what kind of power he has now. And as Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. So he's stepping up to the plate and he has to do what he has to do. This is true. And again, along with those same lines, I really loved Kevin's relationship with his mom and how he protected her at the end and, you know, took her away from everything. I I thought that was great how the writers wrote that in. And just how great is Lauren Tom? She was so amazing as she your mom. She was wonderful. Oh, I I love her, King with Lauren. I mean, when I watched, I watch a lot of her shows that she does voices for. So it was, it was really cool to see her. And, you know, we got along really well and we still hang out. Um, Lauren, yeah, I thought Lauren did an amazing job um, as Mrs. Tran. Uh, she definitely stole the stole the episode in my eyes. And I mean, yeah, as much as Kevin has a responsibility to you know everything, you know he's he's still he's still very much a kid. And you know his mom was always there for him, so it's it's not something that he could easily turn away from. You know, no matter how right it might be that he has to leave her. You know, he's always going to feel that responsibility that kind of takes over all other responsibilities. So in that sense, it's it's not logical, but it's the right thing to do. So I think Kevin has a really strong sense of what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lost Vinny again. Oh. Did we lose, we lo- lose Vinny again? Yeah. Um, uh, she hasn't called back in yet. Um, she, she's having phone trouble tonight. But, sorry about that. So okay. keep trying, Vinny. I'm sorry, Osric. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I was saying, um, yeah, to Kevin, the the means does not justify the end. So he can't mm-hmm. he can't save the world and not save his mom because he wouldn't be able to live with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I thought it was. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say I thought ahead. it was. 
Um, I was just going to say that, but Kevin, Kevin thanked Dean, um, you know, uh, about it being his mother and how could he not check on him. And I don't know if he knew or not that was like exactly the soft spot to hit Dean because, of course, they lost their their mother. Sam doesn't remember her, but you know, he's seen her in a couple of various episodes. And I thought, well, that was that was really the perfect thing to say to persuade Dean that yes, it was important to go because he'd be doing the same thing yeah I mean I think Dean's definitely had a tough year and some some cases he's lost a little bit of of perspective while in purgatory I mean when you live in a place like that for a year you know you're going to forget about these things I mean not that you forget about it but it doesn't seem as important as to what it could be you know and Mm -hmm. Kevin definitely you know he has seen his side of ugly but it's nothing compared to what Dean has so you know, there is a little bit of, you know, what he thinks is bad. You know, I, sorry, what I think is bad might not seem so bad to him at all. You know, so there's there's that, you know, difference in perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can, you know, really blame Dean for, you know, his stance on that. Yeah. Um, well, Dean is... To Dean, it's only losing one person. He's, you know, he's thinking you're just losing one. What's losing one person compared to, you know, closing the gates of hell forever? Whereas to Kevin, he's thinking that's his mom, who is, you know, not just one person. That's his mother. So. Exactly. And again, for Kevin, the means does not justify the end, but for for Dean, it does. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the position would be different if, you know, if. If Kevin had to sacrifice himself, I think he would. But, you know, it's not, he wouldn't make the decision to to put his mom away for Mm -hmm. that single. Yeah. Yeah. And same with Dean. Well, difference again. (laughs) I think Dean would gladly sacrifice himself to cement, you know, peace for the world. But uh, he would, you know, he thinks everything else is also worth it. Mm Okay, I, I have to ask this question. Somebody just tweeted us a question I think is awesome, so I have to ask it. Patty Naughton tweeted us that she said, her daughter wants to know if you're single. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's, I've been I've been traveling a lot, and it's 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 not uh it's not easy to to keep something strong when you can't, when you can't, you know, give people the time of day. So it's yeah, yes, yes I am. So there you go. There you go, Patty Knott, and you let your daughter know. There you go. But but now you're on your own to get to get that intro. <laughs> Everything from but I know honestly I think I'm in a, a time of my life right now where I just need to focus on, on work and my career and when when everything kind of when I'm comfortable enough that I don't have to worry about, you know, surviving, then then I can start putting my time in other people. But it's just like mm-hmm. having a kid. I tell I tell my parents this all the time, like, yes, I would love to have children and I'd love to give you grandchildren because my parents are crazy about grandchildren. But, like, when I have a kid, you know, a lot of my life is going to be for the kid. And so right now I, I can't. I'm too selfish to have a kid, right? So until I can really dedicate you know, the majority of my life to raising a child, I, you know, I can't put myself mm-hmm. in that position. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the same for a relationship. And, you know, I just can't, I can't be too selfish if that happens. So, 
right now, unfortunately, I am. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, I'm, I know myself well enough to admit it, so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hey, Becky, you're back. Um, yeah. Sorry. I wonder if it's Coming and going. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank yeah, Osric, that's very uh, responsible and, and mature position to have. You're definitely right. You know, it's a lifetime responsibility, so you got to be got to be ready or as best you can to uh, yeah. take it on for sure. Um, hey, yeah, it's got to be fair for both people. Yeah, I'm sure I'd, I'd love to have a relationship or kid, but yeah, it's got to mm-hmm. be fair for both sides. <laughs> mhm. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And you're you know, you know you're young. You got plenty of time. You know to have it all. <laughs> to have it all. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> I had another comment. This is basically about from last week's episode. I thought one of your best lines you've ever had was the one to Channing about how she's possessed by a demon and she's going to her safety school. That was just so funny. <laughs> oh, I I love that line. I think that is my favorite line too. I mean, it's you know, yes, he's been through a lot and a lot you know, a lot is going on at that moment, but you know, his memories with Channing goes back to his days at school. And back in those days, that was the most important thing. So when he connects, you know, and I think it's the same with everyone. You kind of have different, like, set of priorities and memories with certain people. And so with Channing, he goes into back into that school kid. It's like, yes, you've got a demon inside you. But, you know, what was most important before that, you know, safety school. And so that obviously that's the first thing that comes to Kevin's mind when he when he sees his girlfriend, he's finally able to talk to her. Because that, that's big news. <laughs> Much like I that never was... got, got into Princeton, right? That's that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is... Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of last week's episode, um, I thought the phone messages that Kevin left Sam over a couple of months were really showed where he was and um, what was happening to him in like just really brief moments that you could tell from Kevin's tone of voice and, and somewhat of what he said. You could tell like where his attitude, how he felt, how scared he was, how accepting he was or resigned, and and the whole thing with the bite me <laughs> was hilarious. <laughs> you know, I totally forgot about that part. That was the absolute last thing we did in the episode, and it was just like, okay, we finished, we wrapped. It's like, oh, yeah, we got to do some quick, like, wild lines, and so I was just there, and I just read it out, and I completely forgot about it. So actually, that, that one totally threw me off. I'm like, I don't remember doing this. And then I have to think back. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, that's when we did it. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I I remember reading it, and, yeah, that I thought that was so cool. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, really quick in one scene, you get... You know, you get the whole year pretty much of what has happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin sounded actually like he'd been drinking. <laughs> he said, I, "Not that I blame him." <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever he can get his hands on, he's he's dealing with a lot, and he's just trying to try all these methods. <laughs> I can't say that I blame him, really. You know, curl up and. But that was very funny. That's great. Um, uh, and back to this week's episode, the tattoo scene. Can you tell us about how filming that the tattoo scene was? 
<laughs> well, they're a real tattoo artist, and, you know, the, the, they had the things going on. I mean, it was just one of those things, you know, we, we get the script, and I just kind of did it, I guess, and then then the squealing happened for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know well, what it was about getting in that position, just... Yeah, it just squeaked out. <laughs> and I guess they, they really liked it, so we just kind of went with it. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's, uh, I, it just made me wonder, we know how Kevin feels about tattoos. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if, if Osric has one or is thinking about one. <laughs> no, you know, I used to think I would want one, but I don't think I could ever make up my mind. Uh-huh. Honestly, I don't. I the the most tasteful tattoo that I've ever seen actually is uh, I have a my best friend in Beijing. She's um, this British girl who's a painter. She's a body artist. And what she got, she just got this yellow band around her forearm, and it's just it's really pale yellow. And she's pretty pale skinned as well, so it's barely visible. And she's also painting all day every day, so it just looks like she's kind of got splattered with a bit of paint. Um, but you know, it's just. It totally reflects her personality. It totally reflects what she loves to do and what she does every single day. And in a few years, they'll fade anyways because it's such a, a light color. And, you know, if I had something like that, that totally reflects who I am and what I will be, you know, my life's passion, then mm-hmm. I might consider it. But honestly, I, I don't I don't think I could ever make up my mind. Mm-hmm. And apart from that, I'm... I'm very straight edged on like everything. So I'm I'm a very mild mannered, you know, homebody. I really don't do anything too crazy. <laughs> um, I think all three of us have tattoos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing against so. tattoos, just so you know. It's just I don't think I can make up my mind. That's uh-huh. that's a big thing. I'm very I'm oh. indecisive. I'm too indecisive to do that. Yeah. Well, the best tattoo advice I, I ever read, which I, I actually followed because I thought it was pretty good, bizarrely came from Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses, who said, if you think you want a tattoo and you think you know what you want, just just put it aside for a year. And a year later, if you still want the same image on the same place, you probably genuinely want it. So go ahead and get it. And I went, well, that's pretty good advice, actually. That is good advice. Did you do that for... Do you have one, or you did that for the second one? Um, <laughs> and I did it so for after the you covered your back, you got you got no, the no, 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 no. My tattoos are not big, <laughs> um, but uh, but it's funny though. Once you have one, you you um you almost immediately feel like you know what? I, I think I might need a second one. It's very strange. But yeah, I, it's like a collection. I, That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have my tattoo is. 13 years old um, I have it's on my ankle and mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I, I waited about a year and I um, went ahead and, and did it and it does hurt but you know I've heard demo work that hurt worse I think it depends where it is and how complicated it is so yeah but yeah I, I have no experience getting in tattoos and so that I mean I think that was the way Kevin handled it. that's the way I've mm-hmm. heard it being handled, especially in very mm-hmm. painful places, on the bone, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it, it wasn't hurt. really hard to imagine anything else. The guy was really big and mm. tough looking, <laughs> and the needle was really sharp. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it was kind of funny because Kevin, you know, uh, out, outsmarted the king of hell and a bunch of demons. He's been on the run for a year. Who knows what he's been through? But but the tattoo got him. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice to see those vulnerabilities, though. You know, there there are, there shouldn't ever be a perfect character. You know, everyone's got their strengths and everyone's got their weaknesses. And you know, Kevin mm-hmm. definitely got a ton of them. But you know, he's trying his best to to adapt and and handle them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was that was a funny thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I. I wonder. It's. I was just thinking that Kevin and Sam are actually could could actually have quite a conversation because you know Sam went to Stanford and Kevin was on his way to Princeton. They had to give up what they had hoped their life's dream was for this for monster hunting, basically, and like a life changing event. Both hmm? both of their girlfriends killed by demons. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why, in a lot of ways, you know, Sam does, I mean, Sam can definitely relate to Kevin. I think, he, you know, he does have a few of those those moments where, you know, he just tries his best to connect with them. And, you know, because he does come from a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, even though he did ditch me for a year, you know, <laughs> he, he, does, he does know what, what I've been through. Do you think Kevin still has any hard feelings against Sam for dumping him for the year? Uh, for sure. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm sure eventually he'll be able to let it go. But you know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, when you needed them most, they weren't there for you. So even though they're trying to make amends, you know, it's it's not something that you can just let bygones be bygones. You know, it was a big thing where you know I you brought me into this world, you know, and all of a sudden I'm put into this position where I needed help. You know, I had no way of figuring anything out, and, you know, I just basically had to survive on my own. You know, I tried reaching out, and, you know, it's hard to let something like that go. You know, I escaped myself. That's a big deal on its own. And just, you know, trying to figure out what to do next, I think is, uh, that's, yeah, that's a... That's a biggie, you know. And I just ended up in a church trying to survive, just keeping them, keeping everything away from them. So it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone could ever let something like that go so easily. I mean, I think you should have forgiveness in your heart, but at the same time, it it takes time. You know, time heals all. It's just how long. Mhm. Now I have a question. This is just a, a prop question, basically. Um, the prop that they use for the tablet, do you know if that's written in any kind of actual language or is it just like random symbols? <laughs> uh, it, there are, I mean, I, it, it is random symbols. There are a few random symbols that are actually Chinese characters. Um, there are a few that look kind of Japanese if you twist it around a bit. Um, so there are characters, not not in any particular order. I think they just, yeah, they scratched it up to make it look <laughs> simply. There's a lot of upside-down triangles. There are a few tree-shaped things. There are some, what else? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bunch of random scratch marks as far as I can tell. Is it, do they use the 
same tablet for the one that's from last season and the new one this season? Is it the same thing? Well, they actually have, I think they have three three or four different versions. So they have um, they have the regular one. They have a stunt tablet, which is darker in color. Um, they totally could have used that for the new tablet. And, and then they have um, all the different broken tablets. And it is the same tablet. I don't think we ever see it close enough to, to see a difference. Um, but I think we should have a different tablet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get tired of reading the same chicken scratch all the time. <laughs> like, I would love to see some different upside-down triangles, please. <laughs> At least in a different order. Um, do they have, like, I'm sure they made them. I, I don't really believe somebody took a home or slate and actually carved it. Well, but who knows? Maybe they did. But I'm curious, does it actually feel heavy, like it has some stuff, substance? Oh, yeah. It's, um, it, it definitely feels like it's an actual rock, um, and it's got this layer of gloss over it. Um, these, the stunt one is made of rubber, I think. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the other one, is it's actually, if you drop it, it will, I'm pretty sure it will shatter. So, you know, we're fairly careful yeah. with it. Yeah, and then the other ones are made of plaster or styrofoam or something, mm-hmm. the broken ones. And then there's a harder broken. I mean, they have so many different versions of it, but the the one we use the most um, as the whole tablet is it's hefty for sure. Mhm. That's funny. It has all the same symbols. You need you need some new ones. <laughs> I mean, it's not like maybe it rotates like ten. Ten different symbols, at least. Mm-hmm. I definitely recognize the upside down triangle. That's <laughs> one of the six out of my mind. So, um, the last time you were on our podcast was just after you had been on your in your first episode of Supernatural. Um, so, you know, you've you've been in the fandom, you've seen the fandom and everything with Twitter and Tumblr and everything for a while. Um, how what do you how is it um how are you liking being a member of the supernatural family i honestly i couldn't be happier i i didn't know what to expect and anytime we go on this show you know or a show of this caliber with this fandom especially after the podcast after i realized how crazy the the fans are you know <laughs> one of the things i'm so afraid of is like disappointing the fans and you know there's only to a degree, I can't control a lot of it, but to some, you know, to some degree, I can. Right, so I, you know, I guess it's half half on the material I've given and what, what I do with it. But um, I'm happy that Kevin has been received so well and you know, positive for the most part. You know, but it, it is a lot of pressure. You know, just I, I don't, I don't know what it's like, but I don't want to find out what it's like to be on the bad side of the fandom. <laughs> it scares me. Honestly, it's a little terrifying. Oh, I don't think there's anything. I don't. You don't have to worry about that. No. <laughs> you do not have to worry about that. Everybody loves you. Do not worry about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's still. I mean, it's always in the back of my mind, and every you know, every time I watch an episode, I can't. I can't watch it with other people, you know, so every, I mean, we watch it with a bunch of friends, but I'm never paying attention, so later on I'll watch it alone in my own, and uh, I know, I guess that's that's when I take notes, I'm like, oh, I wish I did that, I wish I did this, you know, I should have 
made a better decision here, you know, and it's it's hard because, you know, that stuff definitely gets in my head. So mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully it'll, it'll only get better. Have well, you I been asked? Everybody is their own worst judge, you know, but we think you're doing great. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> have you been invited to a convention? Because it would be so fun to have you at one. You know, you're, you're very I have, actually. Fun. Okay, so I, I've been invited to two now. Uh, I'm confirmed for Birmingham in England next year in May. Oh. And uh, I think I'm going to New Jersey as well, also in May. Oh, oh cool. That's yeah, great. I'm, um, I'm definitely excited for it. I think meeting the fans will be such a – I mean, I'll, I'm sure it'll be crazy, but, you know, everyone's been so great that, you know, I, mm-hmm. anytime I get a chance to to meet, like, a fan mm-hmm. or, you know, to give back, I'll definitely jump on that opportunity because mm-hmm. you guys have been so wonderful. I can't – honestly, I can't thank you enough. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I hope you come to the Chicago. Oh, I would love to. I've heard so many good things about Chicago. Actually, it's, yeah, uh, Vancouver has a huge rivalry with Chicago with the hockey, but apart from the hockey, I've heard the city is actually really awesome. It is. <laughs> it's a wonderful city. That's the convention I, I, I go to. So <laughs> I'm, I'm selfishly, I'm hoping you, you come to that one sometime. The Chicago Con is in about two weeks, so it might be a little quick to come. Uh, two, hey, probably not. I think on. they're probably full already. But, no, I mean, definitely. Maybe I, next I, I year. Think, yeah, next year um, I'm definitely going to try to keep my schedule open to go to a few of these things. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I've just heard so many awesome stories. Mostly crazy yeah. stories, but I mean those are the fun <laughs> ones, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, a lot of fun. Well, I hope you have fun, you know, and you you I'm you know, just I'm I I, <laughs> I don't doubt that I will. Yeah. I mean it's just hanging out with a group of great people with mm-hmm. you know, great friends. So I, I don't I don't really see downside to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean it's kind of but <laughs> right now it's, it sounds like a great idea. One. <laughs> it is a lot of fun, and um, it's it and it's great. You know, everybody loves to meet um, everybody on Supernatural, and it is like one one big family. But you know, you get to meet people from all over the place. You know, who like the same thing, and you go back to the same the same convention year after year, and you get to see the same people, and you get it's it's it really is like one big family for the most part. <laughs> And uh, it's not just about the show anymore. I think you know it's just friends and family, and people have been through so many things together. And, yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, I mean that's so cool. That it's such a community. Honestly, that I I had no idea when I started on this show, and it was like the biggest surprise. I'm like, wait, like they have conventions just for this show? I'm like, yep. Such a great surprise, <laughs> especially after Comic Con. Oh my goodness, Comic Con was just great. Going to the panel and seeing just that, I don't know how many, like 6,500 fans in a room. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insanity. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, I definitely an eye opener, but it was, yeah, it was, it was such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Winged Retriever on Twitter wants to know if you were ever actually in advanced placement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was only in advanced placement once, and this was in grade 
five and six, and I was in advanced placement for math. So what what happened was my mom put me in math classes when I was, I think, five and six. And so right away I learned how to multiply really quickly with my fingers. And so this, this was like my thing, and I could do it super fast. And so grade one, two, three, I could always multiply, and that was like the thing. And I was, you know, I was beating all these kids in higher grades. And then four and five, you know, I was still leaning on my multiplication tables. I'm like, oh, I'm so good at this. And then grade five and six, you know, I never really went beyond that. I stopped the math classes. And then algebra kicked in. I'm like, oh, this is tough. <laughs> and uh, I just started pretending like I knew it. And slowly after that, I I just I went back to remedial math because I never really got past, past the multiplication tables. A little, <laughs> little bit embarrassing. <laughs> But throughout high school, you know, it was the same thing. Everyone thought I was um, in advanced placement. Or for us, we had IB, which is International Baccalaureate. And, you know, I, I guess I gave off that image that I was a smarter kid, even though I had very, very mediocre grades. But I was a very good student. I was very involved in the community. I just didn't, didn't like to study so much, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still remember my high school year. Everyone thought I was going to go to Harvard or Yale or something. And in the back of my mind, like, oh, man, I'm going to be lucky if I get into community college. I better sign up first <laughs> for some for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I signed up well in advance, and I got into community college, which I went for, for a bit. <laughs> that's cool. Um, back, to the, back to the episode, um, the pawn shop scene. And yeah. you and uh, uh, Kevin and his mom just just taking over and using the car outside and, and everything. That was that was a great scene. How how was that to how was that to do? Oh, that uh, that was a great. I think for, for Kevin, that was the first time he actually saw that side of Sam. You know, when Sam did that quick nap. You know, I think that was like a pivotal point where I'm, where Kevin starts to see. You know the the similarities he has to Sam, because he, he still doesn't really know of their past that much. And I think I think that was a nice little moment. Um, I think that was a great scene to set up Mama Tran and, you know, just what kind of a mom she is. Yes, she's been this really tough mom all along, but it doesn't mean, you know, she's tough for, for nothing. She's not, she's not a tiger mom for no reason. You know, this really gave, gave her a chance to show okay, yes, I'm, I'm tough because you'll be able to develop these skills that you can use in any situation. Um, and I think the, the whole episode really just gave this whole new side to Tiger Mom. Because my mom would be considered a Tiger Mom. And I think in the media we see a lot of those you know, Tiger Moms. But, you know, the underlying fact is usually forgotten is that, you know, it's not, they're not trying to live vicariously through their kids. The fact is they want the absolute best for their kids. You know, and I thought that, that definitely shined through um, her, Lauren's performance. I thought that was great. And that was just a first scene to kind of kick, kick it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out Kevin has an uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um Mom's side or dad's side? Who's who's Kevin's dad? That's a good question. Yeah. Apparently Crowley knows more information than Kevin does, so 
Yeah. But but is is he just like is he just trying to screw with Kevin's head? Is he just making it up, or does he? I mean, I'm sure he knows, doesn't he? He's mm-hmm. he's a kid. True. He never really lies for I, the sake of lying, does he? Very true. Very true. I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of curious myself. I've had people <laughs> yeah. ask me. I'm like, I really want to know now. Mm-hmm. I hope that I hope that comes up in a future episode. Maybe we'll get to meet Kevin's dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I no idea if you know anything, but I'm curious. Kevin's a prophet, and where's his archangel? Because there's always an archangel watching over a prophet. Yeah, there is, but I I think the garrison is wiped out, and I mean they're all they're in a state of chaos right now, so maybe that's been overlooked. Hmm. That that's a very good point. That's yeah, maybe you know Castiel did kill several angels last year. Maybe mm-hmm. he killed maybe he killed you know Kevin. It's mm-hmm. true, or maybe we'll find out in the next episodes. Well, there was an angel in last night's episode trying to help Kevin. Um, Alfie, I I can't. Alfie, oh, I loved Alfie. Wasn't he he wonderful? Such a funny little character. I loved his costume. Oh my goodness! When I first saw that on set, Wiener Hut. Interesting um, little tidbit: the actor playing Alfie slash Samandriel was in season one Supernatural episode Bugs. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I remember him telling you about that. It was making me crazy because he looked and sounded like Tom Cruise. He did, yeah. Okay, I can kind of see that, yes, if you you stretch it. Kind of, Take off that hat and give him some darker hair. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't mean that as a bad thing. No, 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 it's definitely not about him. I think Tom Cruise is a, you know, he's a good-looking dude, and he's you know, very <laughs> successful, very talented. No, definitely not a bad thing. Did they film any scenes that um, for this episode that they had cut? I know um, last week Jim Michaels mentioned one at the end of the episode that they had cut. Um, were there any for this episode? Uh, no, I think they, they pretty much used everything on this one. Uh the the director he I think he used to be an editor on the show and so you know for him I mean it was a really difficult episode to direct there was just so many characters and so many things happening but I think he definitely had in in mind you know what he was going to do with it after so you know I I think we pretty much had everything that we shot in there and it was uh, very efficient. And just have to ask, were there any jokes going around on the set when Sam used Thor's hammer? Because, you know, with his long hair and everything, he looks so much like, you know, Thor in the Avengers movie, you know. You know know what? Not really. I think it was just so painfully obvious that everyone just kind of figured that it was going to be that way. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of Thor and his hammer. And so I was, I mean, I played around with it a bit. It was actually really heavy, that thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, everyone kind of just expected it. I mean, you see Thor's hammer, and you're like, okay, you know, you know Joe's probably going to be using that. <laughs> just one of those things. 
Well, you're only supposed to be able to pick it up if you're worthy. You know. That's what I said. I'm like, I'm like, how is how is Mister Zilly picking this up? I'm like, I'm like Sam. Okay, I can see it, Sam being worthy, but this guy just kills it. You know, he has five eighths of a virgin. You know, only those yeah. that are worthy. Yes, thank you, thank you. That mm-hmm. wondering about that. Even the Hulk can no. pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Puny God. <laughs> did um, did anything funny happen? Like that might hit the blooper reel. Okay. Yes. Okay. Here's here's my story for this episode. So the first scene, we're at the diner, in the roadside diner. This was actually the last day of the week. I think it was a Friday, and I had to I had a plane to catch to go to L.A. and. Jared had a plane to catch. Jensen, I think Jensen was fine, but Jared actually, Jensen had a plane to catch too, but it was later. You had to edit, and Jared, you know, Jared just wants to see his baby. So, what happened was we're doing the scene, and it was like the last shot, and I was saying my last line, okay, or it was the last take, and basically, Jared just kept putting his giant foot on my knee, and he kept like just grazing his foot against my shins. And I'm an incredibly ticklish person. So I, you know, like right away, I'm like, okay, you know what? J- usually I would hold it in, but Jared, I need you to stop. Like I, you know, I, I stood cracking. <laughs> uncontrollable laughter. I'm like, you cannot touch me while I'm doing the scene, especially on my knees. And that's a very sensitive spot. Anyways, of course I set um, him off and he wouldn't stop. He, he just did not stop. You know, we're losing light at this point. This was the last shot of the day. You know, every you know the director and everyone's of course you know they're laughing because I just can't help myself and Jensen's not helping either. But he just wouldn't stop, and I think we did. We were probably there for like 20 minutes, and he just kept putting his foot like on my lap. I'm like, like why do you have such long legs? And in the end, basically I had to I had to hold his his feet down with my feet, and then we did the scene. <laughs> it was just, it was so painful. I'm like, Jared, you know, at the end, I was just begging him and yelling at him. I was like, punching him in the chest. I'm like, you have to stop, Jared. You have to stop. It's crazy. He wouldn't stop. Oh, God. So, that right there yeah. shows that you're an official member of the Supernatural family when Jared's <laughs> annoying you to death during the take. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I've, I've heard stories about Nisha too, so yeah. Yeah, bad. I think his feet have been in worse places for <laughs> Nisha, so maybe it's lucky he was just touching your legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, he's been a little more personal with Nisha. <laughs> yeah, and Jared, I mean, he's got like, I don't know, he's just got that mindset. Like, no one can get to him, so I think it's going to be my thing. It's going to be a challenge. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> got to crack them. Someone's got to crack Jared. I have to do that. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you do. That would be fun. <laughs> I'll take I'll take some planning. Or, yeah, maybe we'll do a big brainstorming session one day. Like, what can we do to Jared? <laughs> and he's got a kid. He's got. You know, it's like you can't you can't do anything with the kid because he's a, he's just a baby. He's just an innocent child. <laughs> That's the only weak spot that I see right now. But I mean, but he's just an innocent child. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> okay. You, you've got a few supernatural episodes under your belt now. Has there been 
one specific scene that you filmed that has just been your favorite or that you felt most proud of or anything? Uh, honestly, mo- most most things that happen, I, I wish I could get like a, a do-over. Like every time I watch myself, I, I cringe. Um, I think still my favorite thus far is it's still that first episode with Jared, just because. You know, it was it was the first scene ever, and I'm a physical actor. I like to, anytime I, I can do anything that gets my heart going, I'll definitely go that go that direction. And um, and you know, that was such a fun scene. I only wish I didn't have to wear loafers because that was a little bit dangerous. It was a bit muddy. But running running for first shot was just perfect for me. Also, uh, in this. In the next episode that I'm in, I'm not quite sure what number, and I, I don't know if I should say, but the next episode, there's this one shot, and we actually did, like, this super long, long shot. It was, might have been, like, a four-minute scene with Lauren, and I thought that was, I mean, that was pretty fun. Anytime you get to do something where you just rehearse so much, and, you, you know, you have all the blocking down, and, you know, the cameras are just kind of following you while you're living this scene. You know, that's, that's kind of nice. Cause most of the time, you know, the scene is broken up into so many different pieces that it's really hard to get into. Or, I mean, it's really easy to be out of the moment because, you know, you're just trying to remember, okay, what happened before, what happened next, whereas you're just living the scene. It kind of kind of feels like a stage, which is probably, I think it feels better as an actor where you actually get to live a character's life for a bit. And, um, and so I think that... That process was probably the most fun. I don't know how it'll turn out. I'll probably hate it when it comes up. But between that and the running scene, I think those will definitely be my favorites. So glad that to hear, you know, that you and Lauren will be back because the trans have turned out to be some of, you know, our my favorite characters on the show. They're just great. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I mean, it was so surprising. I, I definitely... I mean, I'm, I'm happy about that. I think Lauren's pretty happy about that too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have a I have a question about um, just about the final scene of What's Up, Tiger Mommy? When uh, um, Crowley's out of mom and she's sort of just sitting there catatonic, and Kevin's very worried about her, and then they're gone. And I was I don't I honestly don't know if you can answer, but. Uh, She's all of a sudden gone. I just wanted to say, did Kevin Terrier, was was she okay enough to actually persuade her to get up and walk with him? It, it was just, you know, she seemed like she couldn't move hardly. Yeah. Um, good question. I don't know how much I I can mm-hmm. divulge or how much I know even. I mean, what happens to a person when they don't have a soul? Um, I guess it starts off that way. But at the same time, okay, so... So the god of greed has her soul, right? But then the god of greed also dies. So, you know, does the soul go back to her? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, did she even lose her soul? Because Crowley possessed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't when think she... she I, I, yeah, I don't think, think she, she lost her soul. Lost her. Yeah, I don't think she did. She was about to give her soul over, and then Crowley took over her body, and then they, she, they killed the god of greed, and then Crowley got out of her body. Um, so... Right. Yeah, so she, I, I guess she still has her soul, and it's just the after effect of Crowley, you know, being possessed by the King of Hell. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's got to do something. I don't know how much, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but 
you can use your imagination it, at this point, I think. I don't know if there's a right wondered, wrong answer. <laughs> I just wondered how Kevin got her out of there so fast. You know, and, no, she's and, a little lady, so I think if, if Kevin needs to, she can, <laughs> he can easily pick her up. She's, she's really tiny. <laughs> I mean, she was punching upwards at Mark. It was really up there. Yeah, it looked like she came up to about Jared's belly button, you know, when they were walking next to each other. <laughs> oh, it's so actually her husband is about Jared's height, so it's really funny, actually. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, she's she's really tiny. I'm pretty sure I could hold her in one arm if I need to. <laughs> she's really tiny. Well, that's not much good big, to know. Yeah, not much bigger than her kids. I think eight and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. I was looking through Twitter trying to find. I thought this was an interesting question. Um, let me find it. Where was it? It's one of the first questions tweeted to us. Um, House of DiCarlo wants to know if you like tacos, and if so, hard or soft. <laughs> Sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> House, of, House of DiCarlo wanted to know if you like tacos, and if you do, do you prefer hard tacos or soft tacos? <laughs> oh, I love tacos. How can you not love tacos? Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I like the I like the crunchiness of hard tacos, but unfortunately, I'm a very messy eater, and my my shirts I have too many stains on my shirts as it is. So I'm gonna have to go with the soft taco because <laughs> I can eat it without spilling any salsa on on my shirt, and that's that's a big plus. There you go. Supernatural fandom, we go for the hard questions. <laughs> yeah. Tacos. Okay. It was a soft answer. It was a hard question. It was a soft answer. Soft tacos. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, and um, T, under, T underscore at ATZ wanted to know, what would you do if you were a real prophet? Oh, God. I would probably react very much the same as Kevin did. I would freak out um, for a good amount of time, and then I would make the I'm, I'm not saying make the best out of the situation, but you know, you you everyone's given a life, and you know it's up to them to make the best out of it. So you, yes, of course, you, there's the adjustment period. You freak out, but then you learn to adapt. You learn to make the most of it and do what you need to do. If you're if you're given responsibility, if you're in a place of power or influence, you know, I think it's up to you to um, do good with it. So that's what I would definitely strive to do. I don't know how smoothly that would go. I'm sure there'll be a lot of hiccups and a lot of mistakes, but it's definitely something that I would try to, you know, I would go in that direction. Where I'd try to do something positive about it. Hmm. Well, Susan, did, it's right at an hour. Did you have any more questions for Osric? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll think of them right after, right after he's gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just t- typically. Um, gosh, we talked about so many things. You know. Um, <laughs> do you have any questions for us? Any questions for supernatural things in general? 
Any convention oh, questions? <laughs> goodness, you know, I, I have a million questions. I would, I would love to, to ask. Let's see. Um, if I can ask one question. Uh, this actually works out perfectly. I just arrived at my destination. Um, okay, if if okay, actually, I have a question for yeah for the fans. So if if the season were to go anyway. How how would the fans like the season eight to go? I mean, if 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 you were the showrunners, what what direction would they take the season? You know, how would it end? What would the cliffhanger be? Because I'm assuming oh. that there's going to be nine and ten. If you could have it anyway, which way would go? Which characters would be what? How would you know Benny's character be? How would Sam and Neely end up? You know, where would Kevin and his mom be? That's a big question, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious if it could go anyway. Which way would it go? That is a big question. <laughs> yeah, that is a huge <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, um, I know the majority. I would think the majority of fans would want to make sure Sam and Dean were fighting together at the end. Whatever they're fighting, they want them to be on the same side instead of fighting yeah. each other. Oh uh, yeah, isn't that? Yeah, I think the brotherly bond mm-hmm. is definitely like a huge, mm-hmm. a big mm-hmm. thing of the, of the show's like core, right? So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Well, I would hope Kevin and his mom survive because you know it's, it's, it's a, you know have you have you seen our in memoriam page you know <laughs> for that <laughs> you know it's it's huge so I I would hope somehow Kevin and his mom survive I, you know I definitely hope so too I mean it's one of those things you know at some you know, I thought about, you know, I would like for Kevin to actually be able to go back to Princeton and, you know, have the life mm-hmm. that Sam never could. But at the same time, I don't know if that's ever possible. If, you know, once you're exposed mm-hmm. to this, you know, once you're exposed to this world of, of mm-hmm. supernatural, can you ever really ignore it? Especially you know, if you have the power to do something about it. I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah, it's like once you know what's out there, what monsters are out there, those Sam has walked away for a, a, a year, and it's kind of, it's still hard for me to believe that he could just ignore everything knowing what he knows. It's like you said, how could Kevin go back and be normal knowing what he knows now? Yeah. It's hard. That's a hard one. How about Benny? What mm-hmm. do you guys want to see with Benny? I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on Benny. I love Benny's character. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure if I want them to actually be able to close the Gates of Hell, because I think the demons are really interesting, those characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I really want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is an interesting point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I think Benny's really cool, and he's he's got the – I'm looking forward to finding out more what went on with him and Dean in Purgatory, because they're, he's a vampire – and we've seen evidence now that Dean feels like he's like a brother's in, in arms. And he, he's a monster and he didn't kill him. In fact, he did goodbye. And, uh, you know, last, last week when they went their separate ways after they were out of purgatory. And so I'm very curious to find out. Uh, he's, a, he's a very charming and interesting character. You know, how did he get to a point where they actually have kind of an actual trust. So I'm I'm very curious to find out what else has gone on. 
and and can he be sort of trusted? Like, will he ultimately betray Dean? Because he is a monster. Yeah, I mean, personally, I love it when when the you know the bad guys have those layers of gray because you know it's mm-hmm. it's never black or white. You know, and I think Dean's character for the, for the most part has been really black white. You know, your monster, your bad. But I think that's what I like about Crowley's character. Is that, you know, for a lot of it, you know, he could be a good guy. You know, he could be incredibly evil, but you know, he has he's so light about everything. You know, he's justified in his own mind and. You know, I think Benny's character is kind of like that, too. Yes, he's this badass demon, um, sorry, vampire, you know, but he's developed this relationship with Dean. You know, they're a polar opposite at one point, and now they've kind of found this middle ground. You know, so it, it shows either Benny has a good side or Dean has a bad side. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you, you, you fight for survival and purgatory for a year, and, you know, you could be friends with anyone just a common common enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually I'm I'm really I'm really curious about about that story arc. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that you've arrived at your destination. We would love to talk to you more. Maybe you can come on for your next episode. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. You know, just uh drop me a message anytime and uh yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming on. We always enjoy talking with you. Uh, yes, it's always thank a pleasure you so talking much. to you guys as well. <laughs> oh, always. Yes, it's great to talk to you. Thank you again. And, uh, <laughs> wherever you are, have a good time. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, you girls have a good night then, okay? And thanks everyone okay. for listening. Thanks, Osric. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Osric. Bye-bye. Oh, Audric is always such a great guest. He is. He he's so he's like so also into the show, you know. Not it's not like just a role to him that he does, you know. Yeah. Once a month or something. He, he really thinks and worry thinks about his character and backstories and future stories, and he's just mm-hmm. you know he. I just really enjoy talking with him. Mhm. Yeah, it's fun to just uh, discuss the episode with him, you know. Well, what do you think is going on? <laughs> you know, and uh, that was it. That was a very funny Jared story he told. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, poor Osric. <laughs> I know, I know. He's just, it was worse for Misha because Jared has a tendency to put his feet right. This is true. This is true. Right where they don't belong, <laughs> let's just say. So... But I, I hope that's oh. on the gag reel because him just just <laughs> beg, you know telling Jared to stop and of course if you do that he just does it more and more so right. I, I and him laughing everything and then finally having to put his feet on Jared's feet. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> oh gosh, that's a very funny picture. So I, I hope some of that's on gag reel for next year. Right, seriously. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, now we can. Go ahead. Yeah, I, this is a great episode, and like Osric even said, um, I agreed with him that I thought Lauren stole the episode as Mrs. Tran. I thought she was awesome. Mm-hmm. She was just wonderful. Just you could totally see her being Kevin's mom. You know, yeah, very yeah. 
smart and resourceful and and tough. You know, it's definitely you could see where Kevin found it. You know, to survive a year on his own. And she sure. had so many great lines. Yes, <laughs> I liked in the pawn shop when she kind of steps in and she goes, "I got this," and she just yeah. takes over. <laughs> and she knew exactly what kind of car it was. Yeah, and I love how, you know, she knew that um, Kevin would know exactly the blue book, and, you know, cost for it and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, she it, it was a really great scene. Yep, and that, it was fun also when Sam popped in with the tax. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and there were a few interesting new turns we found in this. I thought it was really interesting how Sam did the exorcism backwards and got the demon to go back into the body instead of floating away the demon smoke. I was like, ooh, now that's an interesting turn of events. Yeah, and and when he was drinking, you know, <laughs> demon blood and everything, that would have been a whole lot easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and... Uh, wouldn't have had such headaches, but actually Sam was sending them back to hell and not just back in mm-hmm. person. But that's very handy. I, I wonder how he found that out. Did he just go? Yeah. I, I wonder if he just, I wonder if he thought, ooh, let's try this, or if he, you know, actually had, you know, learned it somewhere. Maybe, maybe, you know, because Jim Michaels and, you know, everybody keeps saying that we're going to find out more about, Mm-hmm. why Sam supposedly didn't look for Dean this whole year and everything. Maybe that's mm-hmm. part of the clue and that he actually was doing things. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things mm-hmm. he learned during during this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I think it's another hope, tiny, tiny little hint because, I mean, who knows? Like we talked about last week, you know, sometimes – you know, a cigar is just a cigar, and, and it is what it is. Sam Sam didn't look. But there are so many, like, little things. And I think, um, was it this past convention and Jared's meet and greet? I I mean, he didn't, he wasn't specific, so if you're not into spoilers, I, I think it's okay to hear this part. He just said in general that we are going to get a better idea of Sam's head space and what he was doing and, and thinking while Dean was gone. So, I mean, I, I like that because, as I said last week, I mean, you guys were sort of okay that he made that decision and I wasn't, so which is a fine. But I'm just, it just seems so odd for Sam, at least, at least to a point, um, to not even at least try a little bit. So I'm I'm curious, and I can understand getting to a point where not having any other possibility and going for normality for a while, for sure. But I'm thinking maybe there is something that went on out there, or maybe that's something he tried. So that's, yes, that's one more hint. He did a backwards exorcism. And it was a surprise to Dean, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know... So that he, you know, Dean didn't know about it either. So I really am thinking it might be a little clue to, you know, what went on this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we don't actually have like a time frame yet because we see Sam leave Amelia and and the dog. But we don't know 
and he left them. So to probably tell from his clothes, sort of maybe, but I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly because are we supposed to think that he left Amelia and then drove straight to Rufus's cabin, or is there and, a time when we know? And like you know, Jim Michaels did tell us that um, Sam hadn't gotten a call from Dean to meet at the cabin. That Sam had just been going to the cabin, you know, mm-hmm. periodically. Right. So you know. Who knows what he was doing when he was at the cabin? Maybe that's you know he was still actually you know looking into things. So yeah, well, I was just wondering. We saw him leave Amelia, and it looked like like a final time to me. I don't know, maybe not because you know he she watches him go. He doesn't really know that she's watching him go, but. I mean, she doesn't look. She just looks kind of sad, and he looks very sad leaving. So I just, I, I don't know if he left there and drove to the cabin. Of course, not knowing he was going to find Dean there. But was that the last time he'd been to the cabin, or were there more times? You know what I'm saying? What's the time frame between him leaving mm-hmm. Amelia and going to the yeah. cabin that that particular time? So I'm curious. Right. But yeah, that was and really cool. Hmm? We we finally got to see um, Crowley have demon eyes, saw the red yes. eyes, and how mm-hmm. awesome was that red smoke? That was yes. so cool. That was perfect, and it was. I guess it was because he was the chief crossroads demon. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was wondering if it if it had you know. It was it because he was the king of the crossroads, or you know, when he got his promotion to king of hell, does that change your, you know, demon smoke color from black to red? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's true, but either way, it was a super cool effect. I just thought it was just great, and uh, I love that they think of things like that. It's like, what color would Crowley smoke be? You know, would it be something different because of who he's been and who he is? So yeah, it looked it looked pretty awesome, and um, we got to see another god in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Dean was very funny. He said, "Is that it's Plut? Oh shoot, I'm sorry. It's Plutarus. Plutarus. Plut- anyway, Plutus. Plutus. Um, is that even a planet anymore? Which was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Dean keeping up on things. <laughs> I, I was watching it with um, Russ. He was here watching it, and he's like, "Dean does know it's actual. The Pluto's the planet, right?" And I was like, "It's a joke. Just go, just go with it. It's just a joke." <laughs> <laughs> and he was the god of greed. Um, and I wonder how many auctions they've had like that, you know? And what else they've bartered? What else has been there? Um, right. So. I I would like to know what the other items were supposed to be. Like we did see Da Vinci's codex, but you know what was the mm-hmm. sword? You know, and all that. We you know we saw Thor's hammer, and yeah. I thought it was cool that we had you know Vili Thor's uncle coming to get the the you know Thor's hammer. I thought that mm-hmm. was really interesting. Yes, and how Thor was Excalibur. One of the most famous stories. Ooh, cool. so, I, you know, you know, and, 
you know, the cold opening, you know, with Vili going to the um, bank and getting the safe deposit box, I thought it was kind of sh- kind of strange, but cool that, you know, he mm-hmm. didn't, you know, usually the people in the cold opening, you know, even if they're just victims, it's victims of, you know, the whatever the demon is, you know, for that episode. Him going and getting that finger bone of a frost giant wasn't a major thing. You know, he wasn't a Mm -hmm. major character. He wasn't the main bad guy for the episode. The finger of the frost giant, you know, didn't even, you know, it didn't even come in, you know, Plutus Mm -hmm. didn't even want that. So I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting that really that opening was didn't really have anything to do with the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, he did show up later, so at least it was something. But yeah, it was right. it was very interesting and kind of um, <laughs> it was sort of funny until of course he he uh, killed the poor bank bank representative. <laughs> but right. Uh, you know what? What's so valuable about five eighths of a virgin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even a whole one. <laughs> five eighths of one. It's like, is there a particular spell or ritual that you just need five eighths for? That's very strange. <laughs> I wonder if they just made that up <laughs> and uh, everything. But yeah, it was creepy. They- and um, go ahead. Maybe it's just because five eights is funny. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? And uh, uh, Plutus's right hand man, Mister Peanut. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he was a very interesting character. Um, and apparently could be bought quite easily. Yeah, just give him an <laughs> island. Yes. What's better than one island? Two islands. <laughs> um, yeah, he looks very familiar to me, so I'm I'm looking through his credits. I see he was on Fringe. I don't watch Fringe, but I know you do. So, ooh, the the guy playing Mr. Peanut was yes, Jonathan Walker, and he was on uh, Fringe, an episode, or maybe it hasn't been on yet. It's called Forced Perspective, and I'm sorry to spoil a little Fringe, but <laughs> sorry, you know. I will but, uh, look him up. And he was also in Smallville, a couple of episodes. So, yeah. Oh, he was in Stargate <laughs> also. But, yeah, he looked, he looked very familiar to me. Oh, he was in X-Files. Oh, I remember. Okay, yeah, I remember. That episode was from last year of Fringe that he was in. He looked completely different. Oh, that's why. He was beardy in Fringe then. That's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's cool. Very cool. He was, a, he was a fun character. Interesting. Oh, how funny. How funny was it when Sam sort of considered using, selling the Impala Oh my God! To... Okay, you know, you know how a lot of supernatural fandom is mad at Sam for um, not looking for Dean for the year, and they don't understand how they think it's out of character, you know, and everything. Uh-huh. Right. That was that I did not like. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Sam would not That's do Sam. that. <laughs> That's Sam. I'm with Dean. You know, I'll, I'll kill your children and your grandchildren. <laughs> and I was like, you know. There's no way 
Sam would say, ooh, we could sell it. No, no. I don't think that, for me, was out of character for Sam. So. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was funny. <laughs> so when I was watching that scene, I kept I kept thinking about um, Dean yelling at the little kid in Halloween who egged his car. Because <laughs> I think yes. that's the same. It was at the same, you know, same location. You know, they've used mm-hmm. that um, at hotel a few times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like it. But yeah, that was pretty awful to even consider selling baby. I think Dean would just about sell Sam before he. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> now, um, we mentioned when Osric was on um, how the um, guy who played Alfie slash the Mandrill was um, the kid in Bugs from season one. Um, the guy who played Vili, Mr. Vili, um, he was also in season one's episode, um, Supernatural, um, Faith. He was, uh, the Reaper. Oh. Very interesting. Yeah. And I also knew him, I recognized him from X-Files, but I'm looking on his IMDb, you know how IMDb's not all that, ah, there we go. He was, um... Because you're a fellow X-Files fan. He was in Humbug, um, you know, where they go to that town in Florida that where all the um, circus mm-hmm. um, yeah. acts live. He, he was the curator at the museum. Oh, right. And he was in Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose as a tarot dealer. And it shows he was in Jose Chung, but I don't remember him in Jose Chung. But apparently he was in Jose Chung. Well, apparently he was in all of Glenn Morgan's episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Small potatoes. Um, But those are some wonderful X-Files. So that was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I kept thinking, but you're not supposed to be able to lift Thor's hammer. (laughs) 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 But it was fun seeing Sam swing Thor's hammer, I I have to say. Um, Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't talked about Castiel yet. Oh yeah, that ending uh-huh. scene was that ending scene was just heartbreaking. It like, was, what, and what, yeah. Do you do you think Dean was leaving Cass behind willingly, or do you think it's a red herring and he's actually got something well, else? To, to say that we haven't heard yet, like, Dean, don't, you know, leave me or, or whatever. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to mention a spoiler. So if you're listening and you don't want to know spoilers, this might be a good time to stop listening. So <laughs> here's your chance. I'm going to mention a spoiler. Yeah. Come back in a few yeah. minutes. Okay. <laughs> we, you know, they're, we've already seen some photos from this week where um, Misha's filming and mm-hmm. he he's up top. He's with Sam and Dean. He's wearing his regular Castiel clothes. So mm-hmm. we know he escaped purgatory some way. Mm-hmm. So appa- does Dean actually think he's dead or not? Because, you know, he told Sam in the first episode when Sam asked about him, mm-hmm. he said he just gave up. And mm-hmm. Sam said, so he did you see him die? And he's like, you know, I saw enough. So obviously Castiel's not dead. So that's the big question. What? Why? What happened? Did Dean leave? Saint? What happened? Did Dean leave Castiel? It looks mm-hmm. kind of like he's falling off a cliff. 
you know, and yeah. being just let go of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's mm-hmm. very curious. Yeah, I mean, Benny says that Purgatory has an escape hatch. So was that happening while they were on their way out of Purgatory? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering because that's awful if he if he because he says to Cass in this episode, and it was so much fun to see Dean finally hug Cass, you know, and and he searched for for Cass for so long. It's just so hard to believe that he'd leave him behind. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he mm-hmm. t- he told him, you know, that he's not leaving. He's not he's not leaving without mm-hmm. him. So. Yeah, and, and, he, and so what? We've seen Leviathans before. We'll do it again. You know, I'm not leaving without you. And Cass was very touched, you know, by that sentiment. And then, but Crowley says to Kevin in this episode, um, the Dean or the Winchesters have a habit of of using up people and then leaving them to die bloody, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Was and then Dean starts to remember about Cass and Purgatory again, and I'm I was wondering, are they are, are they trying to infer that Dean used Cass maybe to get out of Purgatory or whatever, and then left him to die, or is that a big red herring? Yeah, it's a very good question, and I look mm-hmm. forward to finding out what the answer is. <laughs> I know there isn't really one yet, but I'm very curious, and and that's a good thing, you know, because a couple of episodes and there's there's so many questions and so much going on, and I'm very curious, and and um, I mean, you know, it's only been two episodes, but they've been I think two good episodes, really good episodes. I think last week was even it was really great, and this one also was was really really good. So. Um, had so many good things about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I want to, you know, bring on the next episode. <laughs> let's, let's right, I know. The puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting, you know. And uh, um, and uh, we should mention the ratings were up, right, from episode two. Yes, episode one. Mm-hmm. Almost, uh, it was almost a million more viewers this week than last week. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a combination of a few things. One, you know. Um, the first week, you know, we were on, ver- uh, you know, verse with the presidential debates at the same time, and mm-hmm. then this week we also had Arrow as the lead-in for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's a combination of a few of those things, but it's awesome. Is the um, you know CW made you know put out the press release about how it was the highest uh, rating Supernaturals had in two years and the best Wednesday. And that they've had, and you know, just mm-hmm. you know, it it was really great. Mhm. Um, yeah, it was it was very cool. Um, and I like Arrow. I I think it makes a good um, pair for Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Did you yes, like it? Yes. Yeah, I really like it. It's it's a mm-hmm. perfect match, I think, with the show. It's it's a yes. bit. It, it, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's just another Smallville, but it's not. It's more grittier, and, you know, and and harder than Smallville. Mhm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I liked it. I liked but it very much. I liked much. it a lot. 
And it also films in Vancouver, so. Yes. And uh, Jim Michaels mentioned he'd had dinner with some of the Arrow folks, and, uh, you know, apparently um, they're getting along well and hoping they're successful. And so that's, that's good. Maybe we can, you know, <laughs> we have a supernatural family. Maybe Arrow people can be like um, our distant cousins, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know Arrow's gotten a few great guest stars coming up. Um, John Barrowman is coming; oh, is going to yeah. be in an episode, and um, one of my favorite actors, Kyle Schmidt, is going to be in an episode. And I was like, "Oh, you know, while they're in Vancouver, you know, maybe they could, you know, just hop on over to the Supernatural set and film an episode there too. Would be great." <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I would love to see John Barrowman on Supernatural. Oh, oh yeah, fantastic. just fantastic, and uh, yeah, that would be very cool. Um, and Kyle Smith was a vampire in Blood Ties. He was a vampire on Being Human. Currently, he's just a rich guy on Copper on BBC America. But I think he, you know, he's already played a vampire twice. He should just come on Supernatural and play another vampire. <laughs> yep, <laughs> make it a hat trick, a hat trick of vampires. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's see what else about this episode. Um, I think uh, Dean Dean's attitude in this episode—he's making me really reminded of him being like like a soldier, you know. Um, yeah. Um, very. He's like um, he's been fighting for an entire year. You know, he's all about doing what needs to be done. Um, Osric was talking about you know taking care of his mother and, and defending her and it's you know in the ends not justifying the means and Dean was just the opposite. He was willing to kill Mrs. Tran and her be collateral damage. Just like a soldier, just like a military thing. And that was that was a little bit scary for me. I was like, Wow, Dean <laughs> and, and you know, it makes you wonder, you know, Okay, he was not willing to sell the Impala to get money when they thought they could use just regular money for the auction. But then mm-hmm. he was ready to. He was totally fine with killing Mrs. Tran to kill mm-hmm. Crowley. It's like you know, right? Mm-hmm. That's you know, you got to think about that scene. That's not quite right. But he, yeah. you know, he is he is worrying me though. It's like you know mm-hmm. how when they showed him have the flashback in Purgatory to killing that demon, monster, whatever that was, against the tree. Um, mm-hmm. And then he comes back to now and he's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, wrapping the tie around that prisoner's neck to get the information. It is quite scary. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, he's basically been at war for a year. And it's it's it would seem like it would be like that. It's a very tough transition coming coming. Back to your former, your former life, you know, your former reality, uh, and just in general, you know, a family and friends, and you're not trying to survive every single second. And and right. he's definitely got that ad- attitude. And uh, we saw it a little bit last week too, where he's just standing there staring at the vending machine. You know, that's a very mundane thing, and he's having a little bit of trouble with it. Mm-hmm. And so 
yeah, it's um, it's definitely worrisome. So, yeah, I mean, I like it, and it's very logical. Seeing he couldn't be the same person he was a year ago, he just couldn't spend a year in purgatory. Right. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Um, oh, shoot, there was... Ah, there was something about about that scene, too, which I, I actually thought was funny, and now it's gone, it's gone right out of my head. <laughs> Darn it. Oh, when they were about to do their bidding and they put together all their resources and, you know, they had a couple of credit cards and some money and a Costco membership... <laughs> yeah, and I like Mrs. Trans looking I'm like, yeah, that'll do it right there. That'll, that's yep. what'll get. <laughs> yep, yep, that's it. That'll that'll turn the trip. They'll, they'll go for that. <laughs> and it was very funny. And then, of course, they find out that it's not about money at all. <laughs> it's about right. all these other crazy things, like you know, whatever. But Elvin uh, Gold and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And how, you know, we found out that Buzz Aldrin made a demon deal. Yeah. <laughs> and the demons, the demons, now, own, demons now own the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that was just crazy. Really crazy. Um, and I didn't realize that if you just burn the anti-possession tattoo off, you can be possessed. I suppose that's logical. I just didn't think about it before. But Yeah, yeah. It, it does mean that could happen to Sam and Dean. <laughs> right, because, you know, Sam does have a tendency to get tied to, you know, tied down to beds, chairs, tables, you know, <laughs> quite often. So, you know, this all the true. demons got to do is, just, you know, time down and burn off that tattoo, and then there you go. You got a vessel. Yikes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cow. Yeah. No, not good. <laughs> I wonder if the size of the anti-possession tattoo matters. Like, if you made it really big or really small, like, like if it was small, you could make it really hard to see or hard to find. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if it matters. It obviously doesn't matter where it is because it's on Sam and Dean's chest, upper chest. But I think Kevin and his mom had it on their arm. So it just matters that you have it. Right. Wow. Um, go ahead. Ah, uh, I, I like that they, you know, they were showing it on the arms where I'm wondering, you know, because that's where a lot of, I've seen a lot of fans have their tattoos in that same place. So I mm-hmm. was wondering if they chose that place on their arm, you know, kind of as a tribute to all the fans who have gotten that tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have seen that in, on their arms. Yes, I, I wonder. That's right. I wonder. Um, it sounds like Alfie is actually on 
Castiel's side because he said he he felt that Cass always had too much heart. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder what state heaven is in. I mean, he was there at the auction. And when Dean found out that he was one of the people, one of the few angels on Castiel's side, that made him trust him more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I hope we see him again sometime. I do, too. I do, too. I liked him. He I- seemed very serene, you know, and very different than many of the angels that that we'd seen. You know, he seems very calm, very serene. I I thought it would have been neat if they had given him the name of his character in Bugs. You know, if the Alfie, you know, the name mm-hmm. on the Wiener Hut uniform, if it was the name of his character in Season 1's Bugs, <laughs> that would, you know, it would be a neat tie. And they don't have to specifically say, but, you know, we can always wonder, oh, so that means that's the same character from Season 1 and he was an angel vessel, you know. That would, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and there was some point that Sam and Dean said, said the same exact thing at the same time. Of course, now I can't think of what they said, but it was funny. Because always, fans always have a thing for them saying the same thing together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was in the auction, and they had turned around and looked up at who was behind them, but that was fun. I um oh you know the symbols that were painted on the wall the windows and everything of the auction of the auction house mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we've seen demons use those to keep angels out we've seen you know Sam and Dean and everything that use those to keep demons out well you know there were demons there were gods there were angels you know in that room what were those symbols I wonder doing <laughs> you know what was, what was their purpose yeah um. He said they were wards against using the powers, because obviously every type of creature was able to attend. So was it just keeping everybody from, like, using their their power? But Crowley possessed Mrs. Tran, so had he already... Oh, that's why they brought the wards down, so, yeah. But would um, would that actually be what, you know, would him, you know, leaving his um, vessel and going to Mrs. Tran. I don't. I don't think that would actually count as using the, his power, though, would it? That's just him mm-hmm. moving on, moving to a different body. It's not him actually using his demon powers, you know, mm-hmm. put people against the wall and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, they. So I bet you're right. I bet you're right. That was, you know, like they had the, you know, the. Um, oh, I'm losing my words. The metal detector you know, mm-hmm. to keep, you know, mm-hmm. actual weapons. So then I guess that was against, like, all magical weapons, maybe. Mm-hmm. I liked how Dean went through the metal detector, you know, guarding, <laughs> you know, his most personal prized possession there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I know. And I hope oh, he got everything indeed. back before he left. <laughs> Yeah, when when they first showed him putting the demon knife in the box, you know, they, the mm-hmm. camera lingered on it. I was like, oh, no, they're going to lose the knife. You, you know, I was worried mm-hmm. about that. But then, you know, they used it later on, so. Yeah. I'm shocked he gave it up. I mean, I know he had to. But yeah, like, yeah. Yikes, I, I wouldn't want that out of my line of sight. No. So it's pretty important. So, yeah, 
that was that was fun. Um, that's a fun scene. I we've seen those kind of scenes uh, all over the place. I I remember Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. They did that with with Max. <laughs> it was very similar. It's only about a goodie. You know, I've never seen that. Uh, you know, I should probably not admit that, but I've never seen Mad Max. Um, the original? Yep, never seen it. Oh, it's it's really good. That's really, what I've really always good. heard. Yeah, well, I, um, you know, there's only so much time in the day, <laughs> you know. So, but, yeah, I, I recommend oh. it. And the Road Warrior is excellent, but... Thunderdome, pretty good. Not as good as the first two, though. While I'm thinking about it, I need to give out a thank you and apologize at the same time. Our um, at the beginning of our podcast, when we play the music clip from you know the title sound from each from Supernatural last season and this season, both we uh, need to thank um, SPNTFW on Twitter. Follow them; they're great. SPNTFW. Um, last year they did it, and this year both they sent us the sound clip from the beginning of Supernatural so we don't have to go and try and get it ourselves. And they're so nice to send that to us, and we're able to use it on our podcast. So I completely forgot last week to thank them for it, so I'm making sure I remember now. So thank you very (laughs) much for sending that to us, and everybody follow SPNTFW on Twitter. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. That was very nice. and and um. Thank you to uh, all our all our listeners because they, you know, hung in there over the summer and came back to us um, uh, for the fall and starting the season. And we had a really great uh, great numbers last week for our guest Jim Michaels, and, and hopefully the same or uh, even more for Osric tonight. And we really really appreciate you listening and uh, taking the time. To listen live or uh, download our our podcast as well, um, and we I, we're just <laughs> flabbergasted. And thank you so much. We enjoy doing it. Um, we're delighted to have our guests and really appreciate them that come on. And uh, thank you so much. It's pretty amazing. Next week we're going to have another special guest. Next week, um, Leanne Balaban, who plays. Um, Sam's girlfriend, Amelia. She will be on the show next week for this coming uh, week's episode, Heartache, which is directed by Jensen. So we'll be able to talk to her about her um, role as Amelia and what it was like being in an episode starring and directed by Jensen Ackles. So this would be a really really fun time. Yes, and she is part part of Sam's missing year. So mm-hmm. this should be very interesting. Again, we don't know how much how much she'll be able to talk about, but hopefully she'll be able to give us a little more insights or if there was something that wasn't in the episode, they filmed it but it wasn't in the episode, maybe there's like a little extra hint there or something that's I'm very curious. Looking forward to it. Um, it should be very interesting. Um, I don't know. If, um, our, we had a few last-minute items sent in to be auctioned for um, Team Levi, and those ended today. So we don't have any items currently. 
we've raised over $6,000 so far for Team Levi. We're waiting for everyone to let us know that they have gotten their items. That way then we'll, you know, donate all the money. So right now I know they've met their goal of 20000 but they should be getting, a, you know, a few more thousand dollars, you know, pretty soon. <laughs> very, very cool. Very, very cool. Supernatural fandom has just got to be the, like, the most generous bunch. <laughs> I'm always very impressed and very proud. Seriously. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Just the... Just amazing. Oh, and um, if you're listening and you haven't went to the website today, um, I went to a small little sci-fi convention um, down in Tennessee today called AdventureCon. And Kevin McNally was there who played last year was Frank Devereaux. I actually did interview him for a few minutes about his role in Supernatural and talked to him about that. But stupid me, after I did, I checked my camera, and it had stopped recording right after I introduced myself to me. So I'm so sorry I don't have that. But I went back later with my phone, and he videotaped a little message for um, all the Supernatural fans who visit our website. And uh, that's on the website right now, so you can go there and get a little message from Frank Devereaux. It's pretty good. Um, Frank, uh, I keep wanting to call him Frank. His name's Kevin. If you've seen him in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you probably already know this, but he has a British he's he's British and I I completely forgot about that. So I was used to him talking in his Frank voice and when I started talking to him he was speaking in this British accent it just kinda of was like, Whoa <laughs> <laughs> and, but, um, he he was really nice. I told him, you know, we never actually saw Frank's body, you know, we just saw that blood. We don't even know if it was actually Frank's. And maybe he could come back and he said he's hoping, you know, so mm-hmm. Yeah, I am very curious because you're right. We didn't see a body. I've always been curious. And Frank, talk about survival instinct. Frank really has it. So, right. I mean, never know. It wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past Frank to you know have some of his blood stored somewhere so he could use it. You know, to make it look like (laughs) something had happened to him. You know, Frank is just that kind of guy. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping maybe we'll get to see him back on the show. Mm Mhm. I did watch a little clip, and it's very fun. (laughs) <laughs> very, very funny. I liked that. Um, what else? I'm trying to think if there was anything mentioned at the convention or whatever, anything else about the episode. Um, I thought it was very funny in the episode when uh, Kevin Kevin finally goes to the door to see his mom at her house. And she gets to greet him, and she's like, oh, my God, Kevin, my son. And she starts to go to hug him, and both Sam and Dean appear and fling holy water yeah, and everything at her. Good. And, you know, that whole thing with the demons outside and Sam and Dean going through, like, the little gate, and everything it was so similar to, um, was it, it was uh, No Rest for the Wicked, right, when, when Dean died in season three? was mm-hmm. It was so similar to when, you know, they – killed the mailman demon, you know, and all that, and they went mm-hmm. through a, a, a gate. It was it was so much, it was so similar. All, that's all I kept thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yes, it reminded me of that, too. The nice neighborhood and, uh, and uh, all the demons and everything. Um, Laura, in her Huffington Post review of this episode, mentioned that she thought Sam, having been out of the life for a whole year, was a little quick 
to kill the human host of a demon like you did there. Oh. Do you agree? I think that's an interesting point. I mean, Dean I... surprised, but Sam, nah, nah. Yeah, I think it's like riding a bike. Or as Faith would say, mm-hmm. it's like riding, you know, Faith, when she was got out, came out of prison on Angel and killed that vampire, you know, just like riding a biker, which one of my mm-hmm. favorite lines. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I can see how, you know, and like I said, we don't know if he's telling the truth about what he did this year. You know, he knew mm-hmm. that backward exorcism and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that he was actually doing more than we thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's sort of a it's a question. You know, it's like, wow, you know, you've got yeah, you've yeah. right back. And it's not that he couldn't um, get into it, but, you know, for someone who supposedly has been out of that life, didn't want to do it, didn't want to have anything to do with it, was just like, yep, yeah, so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mhm. And in the preview for next week's episode, doesn't it show um, Sam saying, you know, yeah, he'll do this, but then he's out, and Dean says, mm-hmm. oh, you don't mean that, and yeah. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't even believe him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, which I I would understand because you know they've all they both said that before, and then, of course they get back into it, and uh, and and if Sam doesn't believe the wife, then we won't have a show. <laughs> Eight season will be three episodes <laughs> long. <laughs> right, <it>. right. <laughs> so, yeah, we all know Sam's not. If Sam leaves, he's going to come back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I was also thinking how Sam and Dean are, are handling their issues with each other pretty well because, and better than they used to because Dean is still occasionally kind of getting his little shots in. But he's actually also very mature about it, you know. They've got a case. They're taking care of Kevin. This is going on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Sam wants to be out, but he isn't dragging his feet or being petulant or I don't want to help or I want to do this, you know. If he's helping, he's in. So there's some growth there. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yes, this is true. Mm-hmm. They're both, though, holding something back because, you know, Dean's yeah. hiding the mm-hmm. whole what actually went on in Purgatory and Benny. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sam's not telling him everything with Amelia, although I think if Dean acted the least bit interested in what mm-hmm. happened with Amelia, I think Sam would tell him. Yeah. Because right now, Dean doesn't want to know about it because, you know, he's still, you know, a bit hurt about Sam just going off with her and not even trying to look for him, which that's mm-hmm. very understandable. If I was in Dean's shoes, I would be the same way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Hmm. But I am just absolutely... I really, you know, I really think this is setting up to be a great season. I know I've probably said that every season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, the last couple seasons, as much as I 
did enjoy them. They weren't mm-hmm. as on par, you know, with previous seasons. Like, you know, five mm-hmm. and four were just, I mean, mm-hmm. one through five were just top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six and seven were just um, a little below that, you know. And not mm-hmm. anything against Sarah Gamble because her episodes that she writes, that she wrote, I loved. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I really, really love the direction season eight is going. Mm-hmm. I I agree, and there were some definite, you know, amazing episodes in sixth and seventh season. Um, I caught some of the French mistake before I went to work the other morning. Oh, like, so good! Oh my, I love, love, love that episode. You know, but but for me, I could tell the difference in the season finales because, like. Swan song or no rest for the wicked, no rest for the wicked. It's like I couldn't even like discuss it a couple days later without getting emotional yeah. about it, and it our, was not the same remember, for six and seven. We had we had to postpone the podcast because you know, <laughs> it was just too emotional. <laughs> it was. It was just too traumatic to even talk about it. And uh, you know the way things are going, and I know we've got a long way to go for the season finale. Um, it just might be the same, the same way this time. <laughs> Holy cow. So, which is good. Which is good. Um, I thought that was a funny scene um, about them going back to the locker to get the yeah, word yeah. of God where he hid it, and it wasn't there, and it was a diaper bag, uh-huh, <laughs> and it was just diapers uh-huh. in it. <laughs> you know, oh, we, and, there were a lot of different locations in this episode. You know, like we've never seen them at that bus station before, and you know there mm-hmm. there was a lot of different brand new locations in it. Mhm. Yes, and then the interrogation scene of the guy mm-hmm. who stole uh, and sold the tablet, and Dean was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, that was yeah. Mhm. That was that was scary, Dean. Yes, but it was a nice. It was nicely intercut with the scenes in Purgatory of him um, questioning the monster about the angel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I so so bad though. I'm, I'm, you know, he's in Purgatory. Dean's in Purgatory, you know, and he's covered in mud and blood and monster goo never, and God knows what never else. And, better. And, and he never looked better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looked awesome, but I but I had to kind of laugh because I remember thinking, watching it, wow, Dean's teeth are still like perfect and white even after a year okay. in purgatory. <laughs> my my, here's my question: Castiel had a full beard, basically. Dean uh-huh. not. <laughs> so oh, why funny. was why was this angel able to grow a beard in purgatory? But Dean, you know, was Dean shaving every day? Did he find a rock? And, <laughs> did he find a rock and he was shaving with it or something? You know, why? Yeah, and, how, and how did he see? You know, yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. It's like why does why did Cass have a beard and Dean didn't? That, that's the one thing I think where you know. Hair, makeup, showrunners, whoever's decision it was, I think, you know, it's like, okay, if we can't have Jensen with a full beard because he's got to do his current scenes too, well, you know, mm-hmm. as well as back. So I don't think, mm-hmm. I think you should have said, so Castiel shouldn't have had a beard too. <laughs> you know, he should have. Yeah, that is weird because Angel, why would Angels have to shave? 
Right. <laughs> I, I know. I know he's you know he's in Jimmy's vessel you know and everything, but mm-hmm. yeah you know it, if Dean's gonna not be if Dean's gonna be clean shaven, Castiel should have been too. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very odd. Well, Dean usually has like not usually but often keeps a little bit of scruff. I mean, you can just yeah, barely yeah. barely tell like a day or two, but you know but yeah. Cass had a beard going. That is, uh, and and then Dean says to him, "Nice peach fuzz." And of course, Cass says, "Thank you." <laughs> She's gone. And Benny, you know, Benny's got some facial hair, but not a full beard like Castiel had going on there. So mm-hmm. maybe you know that was one of the tricks that Benny has learned in Purgatory how to <laughs> you know keep your facial hair at a at a you know what you want it at or something. <laughs> yeah, but how does a vampire do that? Because she's dead, right? So, well, anyway. yeah, then we then we get into the whole how how is Spike able to smoke on Buffy when he can't breathe? So <laughs> yes, yeah, oh God, yes, oh no, it's a big can of worms. I remember that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is very odd um, about about Cassie's beard. I'm sure Misha would have a very interesting answer for that. <laughs> And um, another thing I noticed, he was wearing blue jeans. Castiel was when I'm pretty sure when him and Dean got sucked into purgatory, he was still wearing the hospital white yeah. scrubs. I thought he so was he wearing the scrubs. They were just really he was, dirty. He was yeah, he was wearing blue jeans. When when yeah. they when they the camera goes on to up to him when he's crouched down there at the creek or whatever. You can see the seams and everything on the blue jeans. Hmm. Interesting. Because um, I was, I was looking really good. I was like, "Is he wearing blue jeans, or are those his scrubs?" But no, they were blue jeans. How odd! That that could be a fashion mistake. Oh, <laughs> there. I I don't know, but I, well, he maybe come across maybe another the, monster and taken them. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Maybe he, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I like those pants better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we've got about two minutes left on our live stream, so I, I don't want to get cut off. For again, I say thank you so much, or we say thank you so much to um, Osric for being a, another uh, wonderful guest this evening for the second time. Looking forward to having him on again. It was just great. And thank you, of course, to all our listeners and everybody who tweeted questions to ask tonight. Um, thank you so much again uh, thank you for listening live if you want to uh, you can always download this podcast uh, later on and listen you can subscribe through iTunes you can go to winchesterbuzz.com click on the Winchester Radio icon it will take you to Blog Talk Radio please come to our Facebook and Twitter uh, Winchester Bros on both for all the up minute uh, information on Supernatural and everybody involved um Thank you, no matter how you listen to our podcast, and we really appreciate it. And um, Becky? Yep. Um, You've got a whole minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I heard from Benny. I heard from Benny her phone. uh, Something's wrong with the service. It's not allowing her to, like, make calls. And she's lost her her 3G and everything. She doesn't know what's going on, but that's why we lost Benny. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry, Benny. We missed you. And your perspective and thoughts on the show. I'm sorry you didn't get to talk to Osric any longer. Um, but 
Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Audric. And we'll see you back next week when we'll have our special guest, Leanne Balaban. Yep, and Jensen directing. So it'll be fun to talk about that, too. And, again, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.